This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. 2020 was a wild year for the housing market and things haven't really cooled down. Skittish would-be home sellers took their homes off the market, interest rates were pushed down, and the housing stock that remained often became the subject of bidding wars. So is this a housing bubble? And that now famous housing bubble a decade ago, was that really a housing bubble? Cato's Tom Fiery comments. We've seen so many homes that otherwise would be on the market, houses changing hands, which uh, is my understanding that every new house gives you at least four moves. Uh, people move to buy a new house, and then those people have to sell that house, and then other people move in order to accommodate that. So a lot of the churn that we would otherwise see in the housing market, we really haven't seen, uh, we didn't see in 2020, and not as much in 2021. So. So what? What do we what does that tell us? Well, it's making life difficult for people who want to change, uh, you know, change their housing, either because uh, they've had an addition of a family member or or maybe a family member's moved out and it's time to downsize or they want to go somewhere else, maybe someplace with a better job market or better weather, uh, you know, something that makes their their life, uh, you know, improves their life quality. And and so we've seen, you know, you talked about uh, the the decline uh, in housing going on the market. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had a note in an article about a month ago that from November uh, 2019 to November 2020, uh, housing going on the market was down 22%. I suspect it's probably going to be down even more once we get uh, more recent data than that. And so that that puts a blockage. Uh, in in the housing because like you said each person who moves that then opens up another house for another person to move into and right now that has been uh, slowed down significantly and in the run-up from the late 90s to about 2006 in the housing market there was so, sort of a constant refrain from some uh corners that this is a bubble this is a bubble this is a bubble and there wasn't uh, before about 2006, there wasn't a good way to bet against the housing market. That's correct. And so what did that do for us? It's unclear really uh, uh, that angle, but it is very interesting. An instrument came on the market, on the financial market, that in a sense you could uh, short housing, you could you could bet against it. And the bubble started to deflate about that time. Now, did that have anything to do with it? Well, it, it probably had a lot more to do with gas prices suddenly jacking up from 2005 to 2008. So all the people who'd moved to the outer suburbs and were commuting in suddenly couldn't do that so easily, or, or it put such a huge- uh, uh, The value proposition changed. There we go. That's a good way to put it. That they, you know, it suddenly became more expensive. People started to default a little bit. And then, you know, when you see defaults start, they can pick up speed. Uh, but the interesting question is, I mean, we think about the period 1998 to 2006, and especially say about 2004 to 2006, as a housing bubble, and that you know, and we like to think about well, okay, then the air went out of the bubble from 2006 to 2012. Now looking back, we're not so sure that was the case because from 2012 to to now, it's been ramping up again at, at dramatically uh, at a dramatic rate. Uh, you know, looks very much like uh, the period 98 to, to 2006. So was you know, we think of a bubble as a temporary departure from trend, uh, 
but is the actual departure of trend that period 2006 to 2012 when people were were faced with uh, heavy gas costs and then other and then you know this this kind of uh, rolling uh, snowball of foreclosures but now that's gone and now we've gone back to the trend which is housing prices are booming so we saw following the financial crisis uh, during and following the financial crisis new home starts in this precipitous, massive decline, um, the it has picked up since then, but it's not where it was, and it appears to be below trend, but it is spiking right now. Whenever there's demand like there is right now, uh, we will try to see a some attempt at production, and and we are. But yeah, nothing like what we saw in uh, the period 1998 to 2006, where the building market responded to demand by trying to create new houses instead of just people fighting over existing housing. Uh, right now, it's you know the housing stock is is I mean it's always I think it's something like four to one, five to one. Uh, uh, existing housing to new housing, uh, what we see you know, being purchased. And now I think it's, it's you know, even above that ratio. Um, so it would help an awful lot to have more starts. But one of the things, uh, you know, that is blocking that, that we've been talking about, you know, at Cato and, and in other places for 15 years now, 20 years now, is all the zoning, building ordinances, uh, uh, smart growth requirements, et cetera, et cetera, that make it harder to put houses on the market or to start construction of new housing, to, to build them at density that is demanded. You think about urban centers and, and even inner suburbs and how much density is demanded. Uh, and, you know, further complicating that right now are a couple of policies left over from the Trump administration that the Biden administration seems happy to continue, which is number one, uh, uh, blocks on immigrant labor coming in. Immigrant uh, laborers are incredibly important to the housing starts. They, they migrate in, they contribute to booms and they migrate, or historically they've migrated back out. A great source of labor because Home building is a skill. It, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's something that people have to go into to develop skills. And a lot of Americans aren't that interested in going into home building because it's it's a hard job. Uh, the other thing that is hurting is uh, tariffs. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, just a do-it-yourselfer and you've been walking around your local hardware store or your big chain store, you know, lumber has shot through the roof. You know, wiring has shot through the roof. Uh, uh, appliances have shot through the roof. And it's because, in large part, because softwood lumber import uh, blockages uh, with trade with, with Canada, uh, metal, uh, again, uh, tariffs have been have, were put on by the Trump administration, still there. And uh, an appliance, especially from, from the Pacific Rim, you know, a lot of very good appliances come from the Pacific Rim, and, and they currently have tariffs on them that have gone down a little bit from when they were implemented, but the tariffs are still in place. Are we in a housing bubble? It seems like we have a pandemic-driven housing bubble with prices going to, uh, you know, in my neighborhood, there were homes that sold recently with multiple offers within 24 hours of going on the market uh, and houses sold for well above uh, asking price. So is this a, is this a housing bubble right now? 
oh, you hear these crazy stories about, you know, 10, 20 percent buyers also offering to pay rental costs for the seller for X number of months to order to encourage people to move out. So are we in a a bubble? Let me give the classic economist answer. Yes and no. Uh, Yes, we are in a bubble because of the blockage of supply that has been happening because of the pandemic. But we also see a secular trend going back to 1998 with a, with this you know temporary disruption 26 to 20, 2006 to 2012 of prices climbing dramatically over historical trend in the United States. So yeah, think of it as a bubble on top of a longer term spike. And so hopefully when uh, as, as the vaccine gets in more and more arms and people become more confident about letting other people into their houses and, and them going into other people's houses, we'll at least see that little bubble uh, deflate from the supply blockage. But what do we do about the longer term, uh, you know, this secular trend? Because it is incredibly hard on households. Uh, they have to, you know, they they have to make the mortgage. They have to find a, you know, it's it's a block. It both raises prices and limits the supply, the choices of houses that you want, uh, because you know you're limited by your 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 budget boundary. Um, so. We need to think about policies that will help bring it down. And the biggest thing government can do is stop standing in the way of new construction. What what do the feds and states and localities do to uh, prevent or slow housing construction in the United States? Zoning would be number one, uh, allowing lots of, of power uh, to NIMBYs to try to block or at least slow down construction uh, and pile on lawyer costs on top of any attempt to, to, to for new construction. Uh, again, the, you know, the tariffs that we talked about for as far as building materials, as far as blockages of immigration, all of those just add price, they add complexity. Uh, builders, you know, you know, large builders, have you know giant wings of analysts and lawyers who with lots of money and time and pain can can handle that small builders don't even have that so they're really uh crushed out yeah, if we just just would simply uh, uh ease the obstructions to construction we could see a lot more you know you look at historically the united states housing market uh, home construction market has responded to demands for housing you look at some of the spikes uh you know the spikes after the you know with the ba- after the baby boom you look at the spikes uh when the baby boomers kids then started having kids and started moving out of the cities they were able to respond fairly quickly even in the the uh 98 to 2006 they responded not quite as dramatically as in the past, but still pretty quickly to what we have right now. You're right that we're seeing a spike in building. It's nowhere near the response that we've had. It's taking a lot higher house prices to induce construction. And that's, that's troubling. Um, the only tiny bit of good news, uh, is, uh, uh, you know, our friend, uh, Peter Van Dorn, uh, Cato colleague, Peter Van Dorn recently showed me a, a fascinating estimate that though the, what we call the elasticity, of supply, that is how quickly supply responds to demand uh, in the United States is very low, uh, you know, to house prices. It's even lower than Europe. So I guess we could get worse. My fear is we will, we probably will, but we really need to try to correct this. And there, there are some movements, there are some local groups trying to push against this. It used to just be the home builders and they were always looked at negatively, but, you know, home builders speak you know, speak for future residents. And now there's some understanding that current residents from current residents that, hey, 
yes, uh, this, you know, I have my house, but what about my kid's house? What about the, the house I want to move to when I decide to downsize? What about the house I want to move to when I, I want to upsize? You know, that those are being blocked as well. So there at least seems to be a little bit of a public recognition and, and some uh, uh, policymakers recognition that this is a problem, but we need a lot more uh, effort uh, to, to educate people and to convince them this is a problem, this hurts families, and, and it's largely because of government obstruction. Tom Fiery is managing editor of Regulation Magazine. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.